my career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? My relationship is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. I'll never find love. Why can't I be like other gay guys? Hey guys, it's time to get a grip, stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40-plus gay life. Let's get to the show with your tell-it-like-it-is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick or a diva unless you act like one first. So you're a guy that's over 40 and you've been doing your thing. Maybe you've been trying to like get that promotion at work or maybe in the back of your head like, I'd really like to run my own business or maybe have a little thing on the side, like a side hustle business that gives you some extra income. And then suddenly, as you start to do this, this shit's a lot harder than you thought it would be. Well, that's where we're going today on 40 Plus Gay Men Gay Talk. I brought a guest in today who has a company called Titanology. He's from Belgium, and I know I'm going to screw up his name, so I'm just going to say it so I can screw it up right now, but um, Stefan de Vrizi, and he works with the LGBTQ community to start building, grow their self-sustaining businesses around the thing that makes them really super passionate. And we connected online, and I'm like, okay, this, this guy just... He has a vibe that I really would like to share with you guys. So I'm going to invite any of you who are open to, I want a business or I'm thinking about it to open your minds. I think Stefan and I are going to be pretty candid about our own businesses because this is not the easiest road to haul. So Stefan, thank you for being here, man. And thank you. It's it's like what? Almost five o'clock your time? Six o'clock? Thank you, Rick. Thank you for having me. And it's 6 p.m. here in Belgium right now. In Belgium. So, and it's like bright and early here in California, 9 (laughs) o'clock. But but anyway, I'm so glad you're here because this this thing of going out and being your own person and doing your own thing and having your own business and being an entrepreneur, it sounds really great, but it's not easy by any stretch of the imagination. Um, No. And you've been doing this for a while. I know you've kind of been a serial entrepreneur. So what, yeah. like, really, what was that first spark of, here's why I want to go do this? What was that first spark for you? I hate uh, authority. I don't like a boss telling me what to do. I don't like anybody to tell me what to do. Mm. And the first thing that you encounter when you when you get into any job is a boss telling you what to do. And yeah, from the first job I had, I think I lasted pretty long, maybe a, a year in the first one. And I thought like, no way, this is this is not for me. I want to do my own shit here and I want to build my own thing. I was already doing it. Like I was building an online platform for basketball fans here in Belgium. And I was doing that on the job even. So yeah, pretty much from the beginning, it was like, let me do my thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that is the thing. And sometimes the 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 allure of do my thing. I mean, I, I got to the same space once I when I got laid off back in 2006 for the second time in a row. I said, I'm done. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing this anymore. Now, I had a weird cloud hanging over my head because I had grown up in a household where my dad had his own business. Wasn't the best businessman. He gave a lot of stuff away and, you know, just... I mean, he made money, he covered the bills, so to speak. But that was the cloud that hung over me. And I'm like, I always got so frustrated with him, even in my, you know, younger years, like, why, why does he do this? 
And ironically, as soon as I started putting my own business together, I, I fell into similar traps like, well, you know, let's just get the business. Oh, I can do that. And that was probably one of the biggest mistakes I made is like not seeing my own values. So as you work with people, what is a mistake you see a lot of entrepreneurs or startups, you know, do that really hurts them initially? Yeah, many people that start out in this, they they get into it because they're passionate about something or they have specific skills that they want to utilize within their business. And they feel like, I can do this. I can do this by myself. Right. And they start and they start with, with a lot of passion. But at the same time, they think that it's just applying their own skills into the business and everything will work by itself, mm -hmm. which is not the case. So after a couple of months, every single one of the business owners that I've talked to comes to the realization that they cannot do it by themselves and they're just building another job for themselves. Mm. A job that it's even worse than the job that they had because they have to work more hours, less pays, and they have to do basically everything, right? Mm. So that's where a lot of these business owners are. A lot of the entrepreneurs are in the situation. That's where I come in because... Mm. I've been there as well. I thought I was the shit. I, I, I was mm -hmm. thinking that I could do everything by myself. I didn't need anybody else because I was the one that is doing. I knew how to do it. I, I was convinced that I was the one that did it best. Right. And I don't need anybody else. But that's the biggest mistake that you can make. It is the biggest mistake. And, and it's hard because when, you know, let's be realistic. When money's tight and you're running your business and you're you're making money, but then those other expenses and yeah. you start looking outside of that. I know when I first hired a podcast um, assistant to help me like pretty much edit, do all the podcasts, get the social media and everything. I'm like, I don't want to spend $500 a month paying this person to do this. I know. Yeah. But it was some yeah. of the best investment I ever made because it relieved me from so much. I mean, I hate to sound like a diva. I just showed up, recorded the podcast. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm out, bitch. Bye. You know, you get it done for me. But, you know, it's one of those things that you, I work with a lot of other entrepreneurs in my speaking world where this is the biggest thing. They're like, well, I can't afford to do a website. Really? You thought you were just going to like show up in the world and everybody's going to just find you? You know, well, that seems really expensive to do this or that. I'm like, welcome to what it means to be a business owner. You know, now I feel very fortunate because, you know, I, I have a coaching practice that is very minimal cost. I mean, mm -hmm. literally, I mean, I'm going to be straight up front with everybody to run my coaching practice. I probably spend less than $500 a month on quote expenses. Now I'm going to caveat that by saying I'm not doing heavy duty marketing. I'm not advertising none of those things. Because I let things like this podcast and my other podcast and, you know, social media, a little bit of social media that I do brings in the clients that I need. Plus, I'm at a, I'm blessed to be at a stage where a lot of my stuff comes from referrals from previous clients. Mm -hmm. But to get to that point, I spent a whole lot of money and spent invested a whole lot of money making lots of mistakes, too. And I think mm -hmm. that's something, too, that people like invest in the right stuff, which you may not know what that is as a business owner. But pay attention to every time you put money into your business. My advice is check how that's working. Because if yeah. it's not working, and I know that sounds so simple in everybody's mind to hear me say that. But sometimes you'll keep trying and trying and trying. 
and you're just pouring money into all the wrong places. Do you find that to be true for a lot of your people too? hundred percent. And I can speak from my own experience that I've wasted a lot of money, but at a certain point you take more notice of what is working and you have to look for the details sometimes. Sometimes it's not really that obvious what is working and what is not working. Mm-hmm. can be little little things, but we're getting so caught up into comparing ourselves with the ones that have quote-unquote overnight success that we feel like we have to do the same things or do all of the things that they do, right? Right. Because we see that's working for them, and then we do all the same things, but it's not working for us, and we waste a lot of money wasting money on Facebook ads, on a lot of these email marketing campaigns or or normal marketing campaigns or team members or whatever. There's a lot of stuff that you can actually waste money on. Right. But I think it's really about looking for the little sparks that you can see that are working. Mm. Yes. And trying to focus, and that's also a big one, trying to focus on those parts that are actually working mm-hmm. and not being distracted by all of the other things and the noise and every coach in the world that tries to pitch you to get into their program because their way is the best way. It's difficult though, because you hear this and, and I love that you brought up the, you brought up the overnight success piece. Yeah. This is just who we are as humans. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let, let's make it happen. You know, and if somebody tells you they can do it, I always say, make them prove it. Like literally make them show you the way. I don't tell anybody that I can help them. You know, I'm going to help you as a gay man, get your life 100% on track. I would be shooting myself in the foot because I can't make that happen. I can help support you in finding pathways to what does that look like for you and, and getting super clear on what, what mm-hmm. you want and helping you break some barriers and habits and things. I, yes, I am trained to do that, but I am not going to tell you when you get done coaching with me that you are going to be a hundred percent on track because it takes work. And if mm-hmm. you're vested in the work and you're willing to show up, you're going to make it happen. And the same thing I've found that in the business side of things too is, okay, when I started podcasting, I didn't have any grandiose dreams of what this could become. But what I knew, and my background's marketing and branding, so I kind of know, like, hey, how do, how do you create lots of different marketing arms to get yeah. people to do stuff with you, right? I could see the possibility here, but there wasn't one thing in the coach that I was working with or the, you know, the group that I was working with that was saying, do this and you will get a million downloads. Mm. Now, if you do this, you can definitely put yourself on a pathway to success as a podcaster. But even them, I was watching really closely to go, okay, they weren't like, you know, hanging these pie in the sky dreams. They're like, you're going to have to do the work. You're going to have to consistently record and show up and have good guests and, you know, make sure you have a good, clean sounding podcast and each of those different things. So what do you feel like is one of the things that for you that you learned as you're like, I've tripped, I've fallen, I've tripped, I've fallen, that you finally said, okay, this is one thing I've learned the lesson. <laughs> Not going to do this anymore. Is there one thing in particular you can think of? Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's coming back to the basics of, of everything. Like when you start out with, with your business and you're seeing those first moments of success, the, the biggest mistake that I have made is wanting to jump immediately to 
the next thing in your business, right? Yeah. Like when I started technology just a year ago, right? In the first couple of months, I was already able to, to uh, replace my freelancing income. And then once I saw that, I said, okay, perfect. Now it's working. Let's, let's go scale now. Right. <laughs> well, and then you put all these pieces onto the business and a team member here, and I'm going to spend money there. And this is going to, yeah, so amazing. And in the next few months, I'm going to be a million dollar company. Well, after a few months, I saw that my money was gone and that I didn't have anything to show for it. So I had to go, had to go back to the basics again and, and do some stuff that I didn't like to do yeah. just to keep the, the lights on. But I see this many times as well. Like, People get into it, they start, they see some little success because of what you have told them to do. And the moment that they get success, they are like scared of the success and they do anything to sabotage their own success right yep. there, right then. Yep. So doing whatever is, is not necessary and forgetting the stuff, again, that has worked. And yep. we're just getting in our own way. And it's so funny to see how people get into that kind of loop yes. of, Yes, it's working. Yes, I'm getting successful. Oh, wait a minute. I can also do this and this and that. Oh, no, now it's not working anymore. Shit, now I have to do again the first thing. And again and again and again. Instead of sticking to the thing which you saw that was already working, sticking to that and doing that long enough so you become a master of that. Mm-hmm. And well, not- and that's the thing is some people, they don't give it enough time to happen. You yeah. know, now, and sometimes they give it enough time, but then they don't course correct either. You know, they don't mm. like, okay, let's go rethink this. So at the very beginning, one of the biggest mistakes I made right out the gate when I started my coaching was I didn't really think through one key critical piece, which was how my target audience was going to pay me, not because they didn't have money. And not because I didn't have, you know, mechanisms at the time. This is clear back in the days where PayPal was like about the only online thing that I could do, right? What I didn't think through is because I was coaching men coming out of the closet who'd been in, you know, traditional heterosexual relationships is how are they going to pay me without their spouse figuring this out? Big gap in my thinking, right? Now, it was interesting because I was one of those guys. You know, I hid for years and I'm like, okay. And so, yes, my heart center was like, I want to help other men just like me. But if your spouse manages the money, how are you going to explain to her where this 300 at the time, $300 a month was going to go to, and why do you need a coach? You know? Mm -hmm. And so I had to really rethink it and it didn't take me long to re-engineer but I also then got in this really desperation mode. I just laid down like $10,000 to go through a coaching certification and all this stuff was happening. I'm like, I got to start making some money. Mm-hmm. And so then I started jumping very desperately at things. Mm-hmm. I even went off and created a whole nother brand because, oh, look, all these women are coaching with me who wanted to just like coach with me because they felt comfortable with me. And I'm like, well, you know, and it was stupid. I mean... <laughs> I still can't, I can't believe I actually created this brand. It was called Mr. The Sister, you know, and it was like the gay guy talking to the women, like, help, let me help you. You know, it was fun and it was cute, but it like, that was a flash in the pan. Cause I only had about four or five of those gals who showed up and I'm like, well, but is this who I really want to work with? Yeah. I mean, nothing against yeah. women, but it was like, that was 
just because I happened to be in some circles and, you know, I knew some people, but then I'm like, now this really isn't aligned with my heart, my, my soul center. And I think that's mm -hmm. another piece of the puzzle, Stefan, don't you think is yeah. that alignment with your own self? Yeah. 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 Trying to figure out who you want to work with mm -hmm. and who you want to get into your business is, is a huge piece of this. And I mean, we have to be really honest here. Like the first year within business, you're going to do anything and everything to make it work. And that's fine, right? That's fine. You you have to make these mistakes to get to the answers. Right. In the same way with, with your audience. I mean, again, in my case, uh, I chose to serve the LGBTQ plus community because that, that relates to me. And I was always looking for a place to belong in that community. And, mm -hmm. and then it hit me that I should serve those people, yeah. should serve my community. But at the same time, I'm still in one year of my business. So I'm still not making enough money to be that selective. And I right. know that niching down is a thing and it has to be a thing. But at the same time, I'm always saying to everybody, yes, yes, you should niche down. But at the same time, if there's opportunities coming along that are connected to your offer, but they're not necessarily in that niche i would say go for it especially in the first year but by doing that that's that that gets you the repetitions the reps mm -hmm. that you need to to perform to fulfill the service and so on and that's what i did and i can say right now by doing that i've got the many repetitions that i need to feel super confident that i can help my audience very well in what I do. So it's it's a matter of selecting the audience that you want to love to work with, but at the same time, making sure you get enough reps in so you actually know and are very confident about what you do. Otherwise, if, if you're niching down and you're not getting enough reps, you're not going to get, get the confidence, you're not going to get the sales because you're not confident about what you do. So it's it's a tricky one, but it all stems from the first year of business. That's what happens, right? right? But also in that first year, and I'm glad you're talking about this because this is one of those weird things. Like it's it's the energy of it all. Like you're excited, you can't wait, you know. Yeah. But then also that energy can be counterproductive too, because then you're trying anything and everything. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. But at the same time, it, it's. You, you try anything and everything and and it seems like contradictory to what we said like focus on what works but that's what you need to figure out in that first year what works will it take one year probably yeah i'm pretty sure it will don't expect any results after three months or not consistent results after three months if anybody says they can do that they're full of it because mm -hmm. it cannot happen or you're lucky yeah. um but for me, what is important is through that first year, through all the experience, all the reps, all the people that I have seen, now I'm super clear on what I want to do, for who I want to do it, and how that really looks like. Like I, I know for sure 100%, 200% that what I do for them is valuable. Mm -hmm. And this took me a year. And now I'm here, and now that I feel the energy and feel the confidence, Honestly, last week, things are just happening just like that. 
meaning new customers coming in, new opportunities, and you're seeing so much more clearly because you have that confidence. So I think that the, the, the moral of the story here is you have to grind through the first year, but be aware of the things that are working. Be aware of what you really like to do and what you can do, and then go all in on that. For the next two, three, four years, go all in on that. Because that is where where your heart lies and, and where right. your audience is. So, But also the niching and aligning with your... Okay, so we'll, we'll kind of go back to my world when all this was <laughs> happening because it was... Okay, so, you know, I'm coming out, coach, want to coach these guys, but suddenly I'm hitting the block wall because a lot of these guys were like, well, I want to work with you. I just don't know how I can put them give you get you the money without my spouse figuring out right mm -hmm. which you know at first that made me feel kind of yucky too because i'm like oh great now mm -hmm. you know i'm breaking up marriages which wasn't it wasn't what i was doing at all it, yeah, yeah. it was this is where these guys are right so then i had that weird little thing like all these women and then i'm like okay well wait 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 let's 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 back up at the core of who i want to be and who i want to be coaching it actually, yes, maybe guys just coming out, but there's the whole other piece that after I came out, the things that I started contending with and learning and being part of the community and dating and, you know, how do I show up at work? So it's almost like, oh, so there's the after the closet coaching too, right? But then it wasn't even just that. It was like suddenly I had a couple of guys show up in my world who were like, you know, they'd been out for years and 20 some odd years, right? Mm. But they're in their midlife and they're really struggling. And as I would work with them, I started going, you know what? There's pieces of their own coming out journey that are still holding them back in life. Not because of, you know, coming out, but the energy around not believing in themselves and trying to fit into everybody else's molds and they won't go for a job, you know, opportunity. And so it's like, okay, well, hey, I'm back aligned. So then that's when I created the Gay Man's Life Coach brand. And that actually pretty much kind of saved my business at that time because I'm like, okay, now I'm just, you know, working with guys in that world. It's been interesting to see it evolve to like, I used to say it was 50, 50, like 50% 50 of my clients were coming out and the other 50% were guys and, you know, later in life trying to figure out their next thing. If I took the snapshot right now of my practice, it's 90% guys in midlife figuring it out. 10% are guys coming out. But it also is how I kind of position stuff right now. It's like mm -hmm. it, everything is driven by my podcast. I mean, I, my, yeah. everybody who's listened to this kind of knows this to some degree. But it depends on what I'm talking about, you know. And this is why I feel like it's really important to be super aligned. Now, does that mean you niche down so much that you can't make money? <laughs> That's not the answer either. Yeah. You know? yeah. Now, there is some beauty in the niche for sure, you yeah. know. I mean, look at Apple. Apple is Apple because they found the niche of being like really super technology savvy and creating forward thinking. I mean, they wouldn't be where they are, mm -hmm. but it takes a lot of focus, a lot of resilience and determination, especially when times are tough. And you just shared yeah. that, you know, like over the year, it's been a tough year. Right before I made the move to say, I'm going to go start coaching in this other arena as well. I was making decent money, but I was like, I don't know. I'm kind of getting tired, right? And then this other opportunity showed up. And I'm like, yes, this feels right. And then, of course, as soon as I said, okay, I'll step up to working as a lead coach for that company, 
of course, my business took off too. So it's that finding mm. that interesting balance, like where you best fit, you know, as I coach speakers, everything <laughs> you and I have talked about is exactly what happens for them too. Yeah. The bright, shiny object thing starts happening. They're like, I'm going to be a speaker. I'm going to do this. And then the next thing they'll come on a call with me, I'm like, so I want to talk about podcasting. Or I want to talk <laughs> about a course. I'm like, you haven't even got on a freaking yeah. stage yet. Yeah. Let's get you on a stage. Let's get you making money doing this before mm -hmm. we go, you know, off and do this other thing. You know, I had a student the other day say, um, so I'm working on my TEDx now. I'm like, okay, that's cool. That's speaking. I'm like, well, what are you doing to actually get other gigs? Well, I'm really not focusing on that right now. I, I'm going to use the TEDx. because I know that will launch me. I'm like, okay, get in line. A lot of people think that TEDx is going to launch their speaking career. It adds to it. I'm not going to deny that if you go and you do it really well. But if you're doing a TEDx in some little corner of the world where nobody else knows you did a TEDx, and I'm speaking from, again, from my own experience, I did a TEDx in Tokyo. Only those people who were in the audience in Tokyo knew I did that TEDx. Now, did I promote it? Of course I did. Not super proud of it because it was just a crazy thing that it was okay, but it wasn't like, hey, <laughs> I want yeah. you to see this and hire me because no, nobody would hire me from that. Now, the one that I have on my website now that is my speaking demo, people would probably hire me because of that. But I think that's the thing is finding that magic energy and synergy to what really works for you and what's going and to appeal to your particular audience. And I think also having the patience to get to that point, mm -hmm. right? Like, like what you said, a lot of people and that that's human nature, I guess me as well i'm very impatient i want to get the stuff right now but by by being in that mindset if you don't see immediate results you tend to switch to the next thing very quickly or the next kind of niche because you feel like it's not working but remember what we said here it takes a year at least before you will be really 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 clear on who that might be and yep. even then so why would you try to change everything after a couple of months? You know, because it, because it, we get bored, we get scared. We're like, yeah. this isn't working, right? I mean, I think that's a, I'm glad you said that because one of the things I've learned along the way is, okay, well, how do you, how do you define not working? It can't just be that mm. money's not coming in. That's a big piece of it. I get that. But if it's not working, well, what's not working? Is the message not working? Is the audience not working? Is your expectation of where you should be right now mm. not working? Yeah. It's interesting when I, I used to, quite a few years ago, I used to do some coaching with my coaching um, school that I got certified through. And one of my fellow coaches there that, you know, we did group coaching and we, we kind of led some groups and stuff in different ways. And he came on with one of my groups once because he he was kind of like the guy who talked about your website and some branding and stuff. And he said, I'm going to be really honest with you as a business owner. You're just getting started. So guess what? You're an infant. You are now an infant in your business. And then you're going to hit a space where you're the toddler, you're starting to walk, and then you're going to be that little elementary school child, you know, starting to get going and learning and you're excited and the eyes are wide open. And then you're going to hit middle school and things are going to get a little bit tougher because you're now starting to see, oh, wow, I really wish I would have learned more as I, you know, and then you hit high school and you're going to go, I wish I really had listened more because now 
I'm responsible for guiding myself through some of this. And before you know it, your business is in college. And now you're pretty much on your own. You're guiding your path. You're going to get a lot of people bombarding you with here's how you do things. And then suddenly you're the college graduate in your business and it's all on your shoulders. But too many of you think you are in college right now when you're really an infant in your business. And I thought that was the most brilliant metaphor for what yeah. most business owners go through because they think yeah. they should be the college graduate immediately. And back, it's kind of back to the overnight sensation sort of thing. But uh, Yeah, and I, th I think if you think about it, it stems also from the fact that a lot of us start when we are in our mid-age, like around 40. This is, this is what happened to me, especially around COVID. A lot of people from our age started something because of COVID, because they were sick and tired of the, of the corporate mm -hmm. world. They started yeah. something else. So they feel like they have a lot of experience. They, they know everything about what they do. But again, starting a business then you might think it, that you know it all because you have the age and you have the experience and you have all of this. But at the same time, you know nothing. And, and that's a hard pill to swallow for most of them. And, and that's mindset. It's not even about skills, about marketing sales or anything. It's about mindset right there, right then. Well, mindset is huge. Yeah. It's so huge. And I, I know we're kind of, I'm sure people are listening going, okay, we hear this mindset, mindset, mindset. It is important. Because you can have the greatest product in the world, you know. I, I mean, I have a, I, I know I have a very niche product when it comes to coaching men in midlife coming out of the closet. Very niche. It's also very powerful, but it's only powerful if the buyer sees it as powerful. So you've got mm -hmm. to be able to stand in that resilient space and go, okay, not everybody's going to buy. I've learned now that there's a very specific type of client that actually really is drawn to me and me to them not every client am i going to say yes to that comes to work with me because sometimes it's it is a referral and i'm like okay that's great but you know the energy the vibe the commitment you know it's not a good fit and i would rather walk away okay so this shows the growth i yeah. would rather walk away than try to work with someone that i just like i don't think I see the commitment, nor do I feel like the energy that I'm going to have to put into this to work with this person is going to make the difference. Now, not everybody has that luxury. I didn't have that mm -hmm. luxury when I first started. I was taking whoever would, uh, uh, oh, you're yeah. breathing? Great. Let's let's <laughs> chat, right? I don't want to say now I'm, I'm so above it all because I'm not. There's still people that show up and every once in a while, like, okay, I'm going to roll the dice and because there's some piece of them that I'm like, I'm not sure it's a good fit, but mm -hmm. I, let's 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 take a little risk here and see what happens. What I have learned for myself, and this isn't just in the coaching in in general in business, that the moment I like don't stay aligned with myself and my intent and the mission that I'm on is usually when everything goes haywire. Mm hmm. You know, I had somebody approach me. Okay, so I'm going to use the podcast as a really good example yeah. of this. I've had sponsors approach me quite a bit lately, especially for this particular podcast, for the 40 plus. And I've considered having a sponsor because, hey, you know, gay men, there's lots of products I could market that to them via the podcast. I've always kind of held off from it because I'm like, I don't want to quote unquote cheapen my podcast with. So we'll be right back. Now, time. I don't want to do that. These mm -hmm. conversations are too natural and too beautiful. 
but I did have a sponsor and I said, okay, here's how this will. And I, you know, again, as a business owner, I'm like, no, I get to tell you exactly how it's going to work. And I said, I will do a roll in where I bring you up and I will do a bump out where I bring you up. There's nothing that's going to happen in the middle of the podcast. Nothing. They're like, okay, well, let's, let's try it for a little bit. We're not going to pay, you know, we'll give you some product. Let's do it for like two months and then we'll reevaluate. Well, of course I get the contract agreement and it says it's completely opposite of what I said we would do. <laughs> and so then they kept sending me the agreement, sending me the agreement. I kept writing them back saying, you got to fix this. You got to fix this. If you fix that, then I'll do it. I kept feeling in my heart, like Rick, why did you do this? For the amount of money potentially that I would get out of it, yeah, it would be nice. But, you know, for the amount of money I would make on a monthly basis to kind of not be aligned in my own ethics around this, it wasn't worth it. And when I looked at the bigger picture, I'm like, for that, and we hadn't even got to money, but they threw me some dollar figures that might mm -hmm. be, okay, cool. You know, 500 bucks a month to, you know, have sponsorship and stuff. Wasn't going to, wasn't going to hang the moon. I wasn't going to become a millionaire on it, but Hey, that's some nice little extra change coming in. Right. I finally just said, Rick, stop. Do is this what you want for your podcast? And I thought, no, I don't want this. So I didn't, I just quit responding. I'm like, I'm not going to respond. They're not going to make the change. I'm not going to make the change. And I think too many times we as business owners step away from our core mission. Mm -hmm. And then we pay the price. And that's when we usually really screw up what we're doing. Yep, 100%. What is one piece of advice as we wrap up here that you'd like to leave guys who are considering like, and I know one piece is really hard, but, <laughs> but like considering jumping out. I mean, okay. So part of the big, biggest thing is like committing to jump out, like to yeah. say, I'm going to walk away from solid income or solid benefits. Um, but what would be something you would, you know, we've talked a lot about a lot of different things, but you know, you just recently went through this. So what would be one thing you'd leave the listeners with? That's a good question, Rick. There's so many things that, that I can mention here. I would say if you feel like you want to try this out, then I would say don't quit your job just yet, right? Mm -hmm. Make sure that you have something as a baseline of financial support. You can go all in, you can jump in, and you can try to make it work immediately mm -hmm. if you're 100% committed to it. But if you yeah. still feel like there's something like, oh, I'm not sure, don't quit your job. Right. right. Mm -hmm. If you have that financial foundation, then you will be less stressed, less anxious, because if you get in that scarcity mindset from the beginning, it's going to be really hard to sell anybody anything because the, people feel that right away. If you yep. feel if they feel like you're desperate, they, they can catch on to that really, oh, yeah. really quickly. So make sure that you're in a, in a good state mentally or at least yeah mentally financially in a way mm -hmm. that the minimum amount of money that you need to make to live comfortably as yep. i say that's what you have to have for the next few months mm -hmm. or if you have a runway perfect if you have a runway for a couple of months then you can do it as well but don't be like me <laughs> just <laughs> just jump Right? right. And I'm like that. I'm impulsive and I don't care. Right? right. I have that kind of resilience that it doesn't really affect me that much. I can figure it out. Um, but you have to be really strong in your mindset to do to do it like that. 
Well, so, you use the you use the term runway, and I think that's a big thing. Yeah, like yeah. literally, be realistic about your runway to make this happen. Yes, yeah. there may okay. So in my case, I can't say that I had a runway because when I got laid off, I'm like, I'm done. I am just done. Now, did I have a runway? Yes, because I had money in the bank, so that mm-hmm. was a plus. But I didn't have a. I mean, it wasn't like I was sitting on millions. Mm-hmm. I did have another source of income that I leaned into. And there's one thing I will say that when you have another source of income like that, it actually doesn't do you a lot of good <laughs> because you're like, well, I can get by, you know? I don't. Yeah. And honestly, if I had, I mean, okay. In all honesty, if I had not used that source of income, I would be sitting on a couple of million dollars right now, but I knew I wanted this thing to happen. I wanted to create my own life in my own way. And I grew so much through that, not only about business, but in my own world, like having patience, not being super impulsive, not getting angry about stuff that didn't, you know, there's so much I've learned that's made me a better person. If I had it to do all over again, I would do it all over again, because I don't think I would have grown as a person, as a business owner, as somebody that can see the bigger picture yeah, I yeah. missed the fact that, okay, I could be sitting on a couple million dollars right now. <laughs> but at the end of the day, that wasn't my path. That simply wasn't my path. Now I'm in a really amazing space where mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, everything is working. I'm not also like so naive to think it's all working really great right now. Don't get too comfortable. That's why I continue to do this. Yeah. I continue to bring clients into my practice because who knows? Who yeah. knows what's going to happen? You know, I'm actually exploring like, okay, what if the ball drops? What's the next move? You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not ready to retire by any stretch of the imagination, but what, what would I do? And I have some backup stuff going and thinking, okay, that could be a good move and off we go. But um, I would, well, I would add one more thing, Rick, if I can, is yeah, yeah. that we are part of the LGBTQ plus community and we as gay men or in general, LGBTQ plus people, we do things differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, without, what I do I mean with that is we are more powerful than we think. So there's a lot of people in our community that are afraid of starting their own thing because they have gone through a lot of, yeah, a lot of shit already, right? A lot of right. struggles already and they don't want to add on to it. Yeah. But at the same time, I would say like lean into our uniqueness because yes. we can be much more powerful than you think if we have our own businesses. I want to add that because it might sometimes seem like from society point of view that we as LGBTQ+, we can only create colorful cookie bakeries or being a hairdresser or anything like that. And I want to break that stigma as well. I want to encourage people from the LGBTQ plus community to start their own business, even Mm -hmm. if it's a side hustle. Yep. But lean into it, really. Well, lean into your uniqueness. And I'm going to go somewhere that you kind of set it up nicely. Realize, and I actually speak on this, your coming out experience is your best roadmap for coming out to go start your own business. There's going to be people who tell you, and I speak on it. I do a a talk called Coming Out to Be an Entrepreneur. It has nothing Mm -hmm. to do with being LGBTQ. Of course, I do it in LGBTQ spaces. But the people are going to tell you, you can't be that. You're crazy. Mm-hmm. You're going to ruin your life. You, you're throwing. 
it's the same messages we got. Who do you think you are? Why are yeah. you doing, you know, they're all the same messages. And it's so interesting, Stefan, when I do that talk, people really resonate with it. They're like, oh my gosh, I never saw those parallels, you know? And I think it's a valuable thing that we are unique and entrepreneurs are unique as well. So when you start mm -hmm. drawing these parallels, like, wow, oh, wow, I didn't see that, mm -hmm. right? You're breaking the molds. You're stepping into spaces that make people uncomfortable. You're doing things that says, this is who I am and I'm going to be exactly who I want to be in the world. Yep. Too often people don't lean back into this beautiful thing that we've done, which is coming out yeah. that actually lays the groundwork for so many other things in our world. So, 100%. well, sir, thank you so much for carving out time and being here. So tell everybody how they can contact you if they want to talk to you about what you do and how you help entrepreneurs um, kick off their businesses and get them going. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, technology.world is where everything is at. That's our website. We're on all social media platforms. They can reach out to me as well, Stefan de Vreze on LinkedIn and so on. But technology.world, that's cool. where people should go. Yeah. And guys, we'll have all that on the show page as well. So all the links and everything to connect with Stefan. And again, thank you, man, so much for yeah. carving out time out of your day and doing what you're doing in the world to help other LGBTQ business owners and other business owners as well, yeah. but especially in our own Absolutely. community to be who they want to be in the world. So thanks, man. Thank you, Rick. Thank you. That's a wrap for 40 plus gay men, gay talk where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 plus gay men, gay talk where the conversations continue.